Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. CBS Sports Radio, they will be back tomorrow. I am Bart Winkler here on this Monday afternoon, getting settled into the evening, getting ready for some Monday night football. Two games again. You've got the Eagles and the Buccaneers. You've got the Rams and the Bengals. Bengals being coy about Joe Burrow's status. I would think he's not going to play. Uh, we will see. I, I don't know about that game. If if Joe doesn't play, I, I, I call him Joe for, for boys. Uh, if he doesn't play, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like the Rams can win. Rams are a weird team. There's still a lot of weird teams. A lot of teams that... There's a lot of teams this weekend where they're good and they cemented that they were good. Like who's who's the best team in the league? Who's who's number one in everybody's power rankings right now? It's gotta be Miami, right? I mean, they hung 70. Miami's three and Uh the Eagles and Tampa and Niners are the only undefeated teams left. To the delight of Mercury Morris and all those dudes. Niners are three and They looked very good. They look very efficient. Brock Purdy has looked very efficient. The Niners more than anybody, and maybe the Dolphins might be challenging this, but the Niners, it, it, third and long is always third and short for them. Third and 15, yeah, Debo will get you 16. Third and 17, Kittle will get you 19. Third and 35, screen to McCaffrey, 42-yard run. You like can never pin them back. That's been their... Their hallmark the last few years. The Niners still have not won a Super Bowl since the 94 season. I think we give them a little, you know, more respect than they deserve on that championship level. But they've been consistent. They've been good. They're, they're, they've been right there a lot of the times they've made Super Bowls since. But right now, you got to look at the 49ers as the top team in the league. The Eagles, um, I think the Eagles are still the best in the NFC. We'll find out tonight. You know, if Tampa if Tampa wins tonight, they're they could they're three and zero, and Tampa is still a decent team. It's just they don't have Tom Brady, and last year's Tom Brady wasn't the Tom Brady we were used to. Last year's Tom Brady was a Tom Brady that was ready to retire, but he just wanted to come back for another season because he didn't want to regret anything, and so he played it out. He's like, "All right, I am done. Regret scratch itch scratched. I'm good." And, you know, they made the playoffs, or they did, you know, fine. Um, and so now he retired, and the Buccaneers are trying to figure out what exactly they are, and they're like, I guess we'll just try this Baker Mayfield guy. One thing I've been bad at lately, I will admit, is who I think QB1 is coming out of these drafts. 
So what year was Baker drafted? Baker Mayfield, I thought, was QB1 coming out of that draft. I'm just going to talk to you for a, for a second about how wrong uh, I've been with some of this stuff. So he was drafted 2018, 2018 draft. It was him. It was uh, Josh Allen at seven. Sam Darnold. Remember, he was taken with the three pick. Josh Rosen. Oof. And then uh, Lamar Jackson first round. And that year, I thought that Baker Mayfield was QB1. Now, obviously, Darnold not so great and Allen not so great. Uh, not Allen. Uh, Darnold and Rosen. Allen, fine. Lamar Jackson, MVP. But I was wrong on that one. And then I really whiffed on the uh, Justin Fields draft. I thought he was <laughs> I thought he was QB1. I thought he was uh, QB1. That was the draft with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then Trey Lance. That was always weird. Trevor Lawrence probably should have been drafted first, and that's fine. Uh, and, I, and I think the better days are ahead for Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what happened to Jacksonville this weekend, but I think they're going to be in a good spot. But then the Jets, like, turned in the card for Zach Wilson before anybody even thought about drafting Trevor Lawrence. Like, the, the Jets drafted Zach Wilson first at the number two pick. I thought they should have went with Justin Fields. I, I don't know what Justin Fields' career looks like. I, I'm still stunned that Fields has been this bad. I think he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. That Bears organization cannot figure out what to do with the quarterback. And there's been a thing with Ohio State quarterbacks, okay, but now maybe C.J. Stroud's going to break that mold a little bit. But I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought Justin Fields. I like I, as a Packer fan, I was mad the Bears got him. Trey Lance, why did the Niners get away? They drafted him three. They traded picks to get him. They punted on him in the offseason. And then a week later, John Lynch gets an extension? Look, I, I know you lucked into Brock Purdy. And I know, like, you drafted this other guy who fits right in as a receiver. Yay. More people criticize the Cowboys for the Trey Lance trade than people criticize the Niners. That made no sense to me. The Cowboys, there is no quarterback controversy. The Dak Prescott is your QB1. Cooper Rush is your QB2. Trey Lance is your QB3. But I don't know what happened with Dallas. I don't think anybody does yesterday where they went in. Arizona took a lead right away, and sometimes you have this. You have, you have a team going in on the road, and, oh, okay, Arizona took the lead, whatever. Dallas eventually writes the ship, wins the game. That did not happen in this game against the Cowboys. Uh, they need to address what's up, Dak Prescott, afterwards. As a team, as a unit, myself, got to make some throws, uh, maybe use my feet more. Um, obviously, that's, a, that's an area that we haven't been good in these last two weeks. And even with the win last week, uh, that, that was the sore spot in the win. And obviously, look at this loss, move the ball up and down the field and just couldn't score. And so that's your reason um, for this loss. And so uh, we've all got to get back to the to the drawing board um, starts with me um, and making some throws and making some plays, as I said, with my feet and I'm um, trying to get it done. Yeah, I think uh, ultimately they'll be fine. Uh, I know Mike McCarthy talking this uh, hour, talking about how he just needs to, you know, whatever. That's all. It's all the same stuff that you say when you get beat up like this. I'm just surprised that the Cardinals got the win. If you want to, if you want to ask like, what's the most shocking 
thing that happened in the NFL this season uh, or this week. Taylor Swift being at uh, the that that's number one. Taylor Swift being in the box is number one. But you could look at the Colts beating the Ravens. You could look at the Texans beating Jacksonville. I don't think enough eyes, unfortunately, were on that game for us to say, oh, my God, that was so shocking. I don't think enough of us paid attention, honestly, to that one. Uh, the Cardinals beating the Cowboys. And the Cardinals, they're not, they not good, right? They're not good? They, they seem like they were capable. They seem what they knew what they were doing. I mean, Josh Dobbs has come in there. You could do a lot worse than Josh Dobbs at this point, which is crazy to say. Uh, week one, Josh Dobbs, 21-30, touchdown. Week two, 21-31, touchdown. He's running the football. Week three, 17-21, touchdown. And whether it's game management or making big plays, he had the 69-yard uh, strike there. Dobbs has been just fine. And I don't, I don't, like, I don't know how much NFL career Kyler Murray has left. So maybe if we really want to talk some Arizona Cardinals football, we could do a quarterback controversy situation between Dobbs and uh, Kyler Murray. What if they start? What if they start winning with Josh Dobbs? You can go to Kyler Murray. The uh, Cardinals, though. All right, let's 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 put the cart before the horse here. Here's what's coming up for the Cardinals. Because you got to ask yourself this: They beat the Cowboys, and they should have beat the Giants. What if this team's two and one? And how could a team that played so bad, it really did look like they thought, oh, shoot, we're beating the Giants. We're going to win a game. We want Caleb Williams. What are we doing? Let's let's open the door and let Daniel Jones do whatever he wants. It looked like that. And maybe they were doing that for the Cowboys, and the Cowboys just aren't good enough. I don't know. Cardinals have the Niners this week on the road. Then they've got the Bengals. We'll see. Then they're at Rams, at Seattle, home against Baltimore. Yeah, I mean the Cardinals. So this this was this got to be much more of a Cowboys loss than a uh, Cardinals win. Cowboys have the Patriots, the Niners. So the Niners have these teams back to back. The Chargers, Rams, Eagles, Giants. I mean this, this is tough. These teams, these teams for the most part in this league, like it is any given Sunday. Yes, there are some teams that are bad. And there are some teams that are really good. And if you play Dallas versus Arizona 10 times, Dallas may win nine. But any given Sunday, Arizona won that game. That's why it was so shocking. And I may have to go with, if we're going to ask what's the most shocking thing that happened in the NFL this week, I may have to go with the Dolphins putting up 70. 70 points. In an NFL game, which has not been done, I don't think, in 50 years. There's just not a lot of time to do it. I mean, the game is three hours, but or 60 minutes, but they go by pretty fast. Having 70 points means you have, quick math, 10 touchdown drives. There's plenty of games where people don't get 10 drives. 10 touchdown drives, quick drives, get the ball back a lot, and then you have to have the willingness to be able to put up that many points. And there's always, whenever this happens, there's always some backlash about, oh, you you, you got to show more respect. You know, you got you to gotta show more decency. You absolutely do not have to do that. There's, there's, no, there's nothing. You can't, you can't have point differential be a thing that is involved in tiebreakers and then ask a team 
to ever not score points when they have the ability to score points. You can't do that. And like I said a little bit earlier, and I'll continue to say, is these guys have trained their whole life to play these games. They don't get that many games. Even if you were in the NFL for five years, you get what? 80 games? 80 games. Your whole life, every high school game, every college game, every high school practice, every high school two-a-day, every college practice, every sacrifice you made, you know, every time you had to miss something because of football, every time you know you got yelled at on the bus on the way home, every time you had to pay for this and that and all of this stuff. You did it to get into the NFL. And if you're in the position to score 70 points in a game, you score 70 points as a game. You don't take the gas off as a coach. You don't take it off as a play caller. You don't take it off as a player. The other team then has to stop you. These are professional athletes. They didn't just throw 11 jerseys on people in the stands and say, you're the Broncos today. This isn't the Harlem Globetrotters going city to city, putting on a show. It's, it's, it's much more to me that the Denver Broncos allowed 70 points than it is that the Dolphins scored 70 points. It tells me more about the Broncos than it tells me about the Dolphins. They gave up. They quit. They, they, I mean, Sean Payton, that is a mess already. And I think he knew it was going to be a mess. And that's why he's been trying to talk his way out of this ever since he got there. Guy buys a house sight unseen because the front door picture looked nice on Zillow and then gets inside and everything's broken and the pipes go through the walls and then you just stop before they get to the sink. His house is a disaster. It's a money pit. He shouldn't have ever bought it. Uh, the door was painted nice and the shutters look good. And so he said, I could fix that. I could live there. There's problems, Sean. Wait till you see what's really inside. I'm Sean Payton. I won a Super Bowl. They made a movie about me. I, I'm, I'm Sean Payton. I was on TV. I can fix it. And then he gets there and he realizes, oh, no. You, sir, are in over your head. We'll talk all things NFL. Jeff Kerr is going to join us in a couple of minutes. In for Megan Perloff. I'm Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. CBS Sports Radio, I am Bart Winkler, and for Maggie and Perloff, Jeff Kerr, getting set to cover Eagles Buccaneers tonight, of course. There's also the Rams and the Bengals. You can find his work, CBS Sports, of course, so we have him on CBS Sports Radio. Jeff, do you think uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating? I don't really think they are. You know what's funny, Bart? I was just about to open with, I know about you, but I'm feeling 22. So (laughs) I got, I had to get my Taylor Swift joke in there. Um, I I think they're, they're talking. Uh, I'll say that I, you know, just from people I've talked to in the, in the circle, if you will, Uh, keep in mind. Yeah. What are your, what are your sources saying about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, Jeff? Uh, well, I I just know that they're talking. I'll just say that I'll, I'll leave Jason Kelsey to actually announce that what they're doing or Travis too. But I, I know like that that's been kind of a thing for at least a month. I'll say that. Well, it's very interesting. And certainly uh, the NFL, the NFL doesn't need help becoming more mainstream, uh, but that certainly got it being discussed in places. It is not normally discussed. Meanwhile, there was a lot that happened in week three that is definitely worth discussing. Um, I, I don't know where to start. Let me just flip the wheel. Uh, how about the Cowboys? What happened there? Uh, I still think they're good. The Cardinals, are they good? They have that one bad half against the Giants, but maybe there's something there. Cowboys seem to do this to us all the time where you start to believe and believe, and then they go into what we all thought was the worst team in the league's house and lose, and lose badly, Jeff. So, Bar, I was laughing about this today because I was curious to hear of all the NFL news where the Cowboys would fall with the Dolphins scoring 70 Travis and Taylor, all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, the Cowboys probably have about the fourth or fifth biggest headline today. And nope, they're number one. It's no matter what the Cowboys do, win or lose. And I'm honestly not surprised they lost a game like that just because they, I think Michael Parsons is right. They do play down to their competition. And that just seems to be something the franchise has done over the last, you know, 20, 25 years. And to me, I still think they're, they're good. I, I think they are beatable though. I was, Curious to see what was going to happen when they would go down early in the game. I didn't think it was going to be against Jonathan Gann and the Arizona Cardinals, and they wouldn't be able to stop Josh Dobbs. And But is Trayvon Diggs lost that significant for them? Like, do they not have depth back there? I know it's, it's very hard to replace an all-pro and a really good corner, but they just looked off on offense and on defense. And when they tried to get back into the game, their red zone offense just wasn't good here. I think they ended, I think they were two of five in, in the red zone on uh, Sunday. But I, I think it's just a blip in the road. But you got San Fran and Philadelphia right above you in, in the pecking or in the NFC. You've got to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, uh, I think that is fair. I think you do have to do that. They did not. That was a shocking, I guess, result. You also had Baltimore lose. You had Jacksonville lose. So there were, I mean, there were some upsets. I think Baltimore, I mean, they're still, they're still trying to figure things out on offense. I am surprised that Jacksonville's one and two. I mean, I thought this was, I thought this was their division. 
Uh, now it could still very well be. We are early, but the Colts being two and one, the Texans seem to be rallying around Stroud. Uh, should Jacksonville be worried? Yes and no. I, I still don't think the division's that good, but Shane Steichen's been making lemons uh, or making lemonade out of lemons with what he got in Indianapolis. I mean, why even bring John, John Taylor back when you got Zach Moss running for a hundred yards or being as efficient yeah. as he is? And all of a sudden the offensive line is their offensive line again. And now all of a sudden the, the defense is good. And all of a sudden the Colts look like the Colts from a couple of years ago when they had Philip Rivers. So I, I think a lot of that has to do with Shane Steichen and the culture that's coming in there. And that's nothing against Frank Reich either. I mean, I just think everything became a mess after the Carson Wentz fiasco. But, I mean, Houston's still a young team. I, I think that they've always been a thorn in Jacksonville's side, it, you know, where Jacksonville's good or bad. But the way Jacksonville has played the last two weeks, I, I really the whole season, it's just nothing has, has come together for them. Calvin Ridley's been kind of a disappointment. I think Trevor Lawrence is just a notoriously slow starter. And, their defense just doesn't seem to make the plays they need to make. And th- their defense has been fine the first couple of weeks. It's just they're not getting that, that crucial uh, takeaway they need. So maybe it's, uh, yeah, just from covering Doug Pearson in Philadelphia, I know the Eagles outside of 2017, they, 2016 even, they, they, had a, they had a quick start. But the last couple of years, they always were a slow starting team. And I, I think Doug Pearson knows the grind of a 17-game season. I think Jacksonville ends up, winning that division, but you've got to look at it, Bart, as they weren't just supposed to win the AFC South. They were supposed to compete for the AFC, and it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Talking with Jeff Kerr, we're talking NFL. There's so much to cram in here because there are a lot of interesting storylines. I think, you know, to go back to that Chiefs game, uh, I feel bad for the Bears. I feel bad for the Bears because they were they, – they're a laughing stock right now. And there's a lot of stuff happening in that organization. But in the last calendar year – Bears fans have gone through Aaron Rodgers saying, I own you. And Bears fans had no, they couldn't respond. They, it's true. And then they have this whole offseason hyping up Justin Fields. And then they're the team that, you know, gets beat in the Taylor Swift game. And Justin Fields, I thought, like, I thought he was QB1 coming out of that draft. I, I thought, I thought, I thought he had it. And last year, there was a game against the Dolphins where he ran all over the place. And Bears fans are finally happy they got their quarterback of the future. Now, you know, I know it's like for the internet and stuff, but there's people doing TikToks, burning his jersey. And it's like, I feel like Justin Fields, this is what I feel like with Draymond Green. Draymond Green could have gone to a bunch of different organizations and had a variance of careers. And some might have been bad, some might have been decent. He went to the best possible place for him to shine as a pro in Golden State. Justin Fields, same thing. He went to the worst possible place for him to shine as a pro. And I think the bears have ruined him more than he's ruined the bears. Oh, I agree. Uh, so to me, and I've defended Justin Fields a lot too. Now I can, me blame too. Justin Fields. yeah. And I can blame Justin Fields for a couple of things he's done. Like, I don't think you go and blame the coaches and then you go after or to blame the media for stuff you've said. So this week looks to be a, a disaster anyway, but when Luke gets, he's calling pretty much the same play um, two weeks ago, against, last week, I guess against Tampa Bay. And it ended up in a pick six. I'm like, that's on him. Like, they're not trusting Justin Fields to throw the ball downfield. And I don't think that's a Fields thing. I think that's their offense and their bad offensive line. And the fact that they traded the second-round pick for Chase Claypool just continues to blow my mind because he stinks. Um, you know, it's they added D.J. Moore, and I think they thought they were going to do, like, what the Eagles did with A.J. Brown. And 
Justin Fields was going to elevate his game like Jalen Hurts, but they never really developed him as a passer. They didn't have a Shane Steichen to do that. So I'm blaming the Bears. It's The Bears have never had a, a 30 touchdown pass. I'm sorry, what was it? They never had a 4,000-yard passer in their franchise history. Uh, they never had a, a, a quarterback throw for 30 touchdowns. They see Eric Kramer is their single-season leader in pass touchdowns. It is completely the Bears. They've ignored that position for years. They finally get a talented guy like Justin Fields, and he's basically a modern-day Bobby Douglas for them. It, it, it's embarrassing. They also, the Bears, uh, had to play the Packers week one, and that Packer team is so in the Bears' head. Every time they hire a coach, they say, we're going to beat the Packers already. I, I, if I was the Bears owner, I'd fire any coach that said that. Don't think about the Packers. Think about yourself. Stop obsessing over them. Packers were down 17 nothing in the fourth quarter, and Jordan Love in that game, look, Jordan Love overthrew some passes. Jordan Love underthrew some passes. Some of the receivers right off their hands. But when a quarterback comes back from 17 down and and scores 18 in that fourth quarter, I don't know what the ceiling is on Love, but I do think the Packers have something in him. Oh, I do too. And I defended Love last week because I thought he played tremendous against the Falcons. And all of a sudden, the last four possessions, I think that the Packers got a total of maybe 18 yards or something like that. I think they ran like 12 plays for 18 yards. That's how they lost to the Falcons. You know, they just went three and out. I'm like, I'm, I'm curious to see how Jordan Love, a young quarterback, responds to this because he was missing some throws there, and boy, did he ball out. It, it seemed like once Derek Carr got hurt, that game just completely changed. And James Winston did, didn't do anything to lose the game. He just didn't do anything to win the game either, and that's the problem. And, you know, Jordan Love just went into like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to be this all-pro quarterback. I'm going to challenge my inner Brett Favre, my inner Aaron Rodgers, and all of a sudden he didn't jade him read on big on big time throws and I'm telling you, I really like Jordan Love. Uh, it, I don't know what the Packers do to groom quarterbacks anymore. I guess they just wait till their fourth year till they're ready to go. But it's <laughs> I, I mean it, it seems like Green Bay had that streak where they haven't had a Pro Bowl quarterback. They have quarterback make the Pro Bowl every year since 1991 because of Favre and Rodgers. It feels like that that streak's going to continue. Okay, uh, Jeff Kerr joining us, Rodgers. Um, I was surprised the Jets kept Zach Wilson around. I was surprised they didn't do something else. But if you look long-term, you think, okay, Rodgers will rub off on Zach Wilson. This, to me, looks like when the Packers lost Rodgers a few years ago and Mike McCarthy said, look, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley. I got two years invested in Joe Callahan. And now Robert Sala's up there saying, yes, we believe in Zach Wilson. And then immediately, you know, he goes back into his office, puts his head down, and, like, cries. I don't know what the Jets are supposed to do. Everyone's floating around Kirk Cousins. I think it's a little late for that. I think that this is just a lost year for the Jets unless there's some sort of, like, you watch that first game Monday night and you think, oh, the Jets' defense is going to propel them to 10 wins and Rodgers will come back in the playoffs. And then you realize, oh, no, this team's pretty bad, Jeff. Oh, it's bad. And that team needed Aaron Rodgers to be healthy the entire season. Not Or if Aaron Rodgers had to miss time, it had to be like a game or two. Not the whole season, not four plays in. And look, I, I reached out to Matt Ryan yesterday. He works with us here at CBS. And Matt Ryan said, yeah, my agent reached out to him, but I'm not interested. You know, it's, he said he likes what he's doing here. So, okay. You know, Chad Henney, uh, you know, he, he coaches at school 15 minutes away from me. You reach out to Chad Henney, uh, you know, the, the Jets call you. I'm not interested. There's, I'm retired. I, 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 you know, I moved on. I won a Super Bowl. It's, 
it's, you know, there's just no options. It's like Carson Wentz is desperate to get a job, but no one wants to touch him. And the Kirk Cousins thing, well, yeah, it's nice in theory, but how are you going to afford him? You're already paying Aaron Rodgers. You can't, are you really going to take on that salary? It's, you can't trade for a backup because no one wants to trade their backups. Like, honestly, their biggest mistake was probably just letting Mike White go to the Dolphins. They probably should have just kept Mike White in there because that whole team loved him anyway. Yeah, how about that? Their biggest offseason mistake was Mike White going to Miami. That's where it is for the Jets. Uh, the Eagles play tonight. Uh, obviously, you're well covered and well in tune with the Eagles. I think it was. I think last week the discussion around the Eagles was a victim of uh, like playing a Thursday night game. Because so first of all, watching this Eagles game last week, they are running the football, and there's no need to do anything else. There's just run the football. You're running all over Minnesota. That's how you win the game. And the broadcast started talking about how hey, this isn't the Eagles that we know. Well, yeah, they're they're doing what they need to do to win this game. And then Friday, everyone's like, oh, boy, are the Eagles – what's wrong with the Eagles? I was saying nothing. They're 2-0. and Maybe I'm wrong. You're closer to them than I am. And we'll see what happens tonight. But I, I think they – they were just trying to – they just won a football game by running the football. I don't think it was anything more than that unless, Jeff, there's more there. Uh, there really isn't. I mean, in Philadelphia, the whole talk was the whole Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown sideline discussion, if you will, and really – the only time I, I was upset over it was how the Eagles and Brown handled it right away. You know, Brown doesn't show up in his locker after the game. He eventually addressed it last week and, you know, had a professional answer and said all the right – I mean, look, Jalen Hurts is the godfather of A.J. Brown's kid. It's not that big It's not that big of a deal. They're, they're best friends. But, you know, Nick Sirianni trying to downplay and say he wasn't there when he was literally on camera. I'm like, well, come on, Nick, what are you doing, man? Like, like you can lie to us all you want, but don't lie to us on something we know about. So – yeah, I mean, really, that was it. And, you know, yeah, people are upset the Eagles are running the ball for 259 yards. Even though they had a game against the Packers last year where they ran the ball for, like, I think it was like 300 yards or something like that. It's the Sunday night game, and everybody loved that. It's, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like everybody's expecting an MVP version of Jalen Hurts to show up, and he's been okay through two weeks. He just hasn't looked comfortable, and they got two new coordinators, and they're, they're not winning in – the quote-unquote dominating fashion that they were a lot of times last year. But it's like you said, Bart, they're 2-0. and It's all that matters. And I have a feeling that tonight's game is bigger record-wise and bigger on paper than what the matchup actually is. And I like this Tampa Bay team too, but if you're just looking across the board, the Eagles should win. Well, we'll find out. Uh, we'll keep in tune with the coverage. Good stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. Good stuff with the Matt Ryan stuff over the weekend. Uh, Jeff Kerr joining us. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk soon. Yep. Always a pleasure, Bart. Thanks for having me on. Jeff Kerr joining us here. Maggie and Perloff. Uh, I'm Bart Winkler in for the two. Jeff Kerr, CBS on Twitter. Again, that Eagles game is coming up pretty soon. That's the nice part about these two games is that uh, they are, they start a little bit earlier. I'd like, I don't know. I don't like if they're at the same time. I'd like if they like, did one game play to drive, and then when they went to commercial break, the other game played? It'd be longer commercial breaks. It'd be like a four-hour game. But then I could watch them both. Yeah, two TV setup. I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I just Monday, Monday nights are for watching one game. Sunday nights, too. Just sit down. What, you, you got red zone all day. Watch one game. I don't need a, I don't need a half red zone here tonight. 855-212-4227. We will wrap things up in just a little bit. More time for you. Here's some time for Marco Belletti.
CBS Sports Radio. Great to be with you today on this Monday. I am Bart Winkler, Megan Perloff back tomorrow. I've been enjoying the YouTube chat, CBS Sports Radio on YouTube with the Weedos and the Purple Drinkers. And I just joined some Discord. I am not, I don't know much about Discord. I think it's just a place where people talk. But I've never been on a Discord before. This is my first Discord. I it was a big deal. You know, I'm like an old man talking about my I'm one of those talk tickers, you know? But thank you for the invite. And uh I will see what just what the hell's going on in that community. If you think the YouTube part is one thing, oh boy. I can't wait to discover what goes on in the Discord for this show. It is time for the Casamigos Tequila shot of the day. He shoots! All right, the shot of the day brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. We, of course, had to talk today about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are not dating, is my theory. Taylor Swift has been rumored with different guys throughout her career, throughout her life. As any, you know, person is, you explore different relationships, you you know, get pretty serious with some. They don't work out. Maybe, you know, you have a fling here, a fling there. There's, there's no judgment. But every time that Taylor Swift has been involved with a guy, I feel it's been very secretive. It's been like, oh, there's a paparazzi that might have got a picture with her and this guy. Or is, is this song about, you know, they're, they're... she went to the Chiefs game, sat in a booth, Next to Donna Kelsey. That seems almost like, that seems too choreographed to me. I don't know, man. I, I so what I think what I what I think is that the internet kind of got these two together, you know, and they like went along with it, and then 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 they might actually fall in love. So I, I think yesterday was like, I mean, you sat her right next to mom. That's pretty serious. You sat her right next to mom. And I don't know how long they've been talking, Jeff Kerr's words from earlier, talking. But right next to mom in the booth, that is a uh, that is a pretty big deal. I think if anybody can handle it, too, that Taylor Swift is sitting right next to me for a game. It's Donna uh, Kelsey. She had a lot of uh, the attention during the Super Bowl, a lot of that spotlight. I do think it's a nice play on words that last yesterday we watched a Kelsey and a Swift. Today we can watch uh, a Kelsey and DeAndre Swift. I think that that is neat. What if this is it, guys? What if they, what if they get married? What if they get married? What if, what if they get married? Taylor Kelsey. What if she takes his name? Kelsey, the Swifties. What happens? Kelsey's. I don't know. There's a lot to think about. It's a big story. Uh, all the Dion news, eh, gone. We're now, a, we're now a Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey society is what we are. Yeah, it's very soon to be next to the parents. Very, very soon. My dad was actually there on my first date with my wife. We went out to eat, and then we went to a bar afterwards, and we had a really nice conversation, and we were there for like 90 minutes, and the bartender knew me and knew my dad. And it's like two levels. And she came up after about 90 minutes and said, I'm sorry, man. What's going on with you and your dad? 
and I was stunned. I, what, what do you mean? She goes, you and your dad not not on speaking terms. I mean, she was really making big time generalizations over this over an hour and a half. I go, what are you talking about? She says, he's literally right there, and you haven't even talked to him. I said, dad. And I don't think he knew I was there either, or he, you know, left me alone. I don't know what you do. I'm, maybe he did see me, but yeah. So she she met my dad right away on the first date. It it all worked out, so that's good. I don't know if that's a recommendation to do that or not, but uh, I, you know, any 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 time I can take a story that has nothing to do about me and somehow make it about me in this in this business, that's kind of what we what we do. Just to kind of recap everything else we've been talking about, some good college football discussion. I think the main thing coming out of this weekend is Florida State looks like they're right on a path to a college football playoff berth. Um, there's still a lot of things up for grabs. That Ohio State game was insane. Colorado lost, so some of the hype will die down. They do have USC this week. They will probably lose a lot by a lot again. But what's a bummer is people are really paying more attention to the Pac-12 more than ever. And the Pac-12 has been worthy of that attention. It is not just Deion Sanders that is drawing people to the Pac-12. Washington State and Oregon State, the two left behind. Washington State's all of a sudden 4-0. Washington might have the best quarterback in the country. We're barely paying attention to that. Uh, UCLA and Utah. Utah playing very well with a backup quarterback. Uh, So there's a lot going on there. And then, of course, everything with USC. And there's going to be some big matchups. I always like in college what I always root for is undefeated teams to stay undefeated. So some people like the big upset weekends. I like undefeated teams to stay undefeated, especially now that we're in the conference play, because you will get these matchups later in the season where it's like a 6-0 and USC and a 6-0 and Utah or something, or a 8-0 and Washington and an 8-0 and Washington State. It just makes those games so much bigger, whether the college football playoff is 4 or 12. So I always root for those teams to stay undefeated so that the games get bigger as the season progresses. A real big game this weekend, Texas and Kansas. Huh? Texas and Kansas is 4-0. So is Texas. So all of a sudden these games like might not have that much juice when you have two undefeated teams going at it. It's it's just that much better. So that's what tend to be what I always root for in college football. And I think we saw a lot of uh, pretty clear results over the weekend. Excited for another weekend. NFL-wise, you know, a lot of Jets fans have just had enough. I mean, this this was like the year where every piece of agony and strife and heartbreak you've ever experienced has been worth it for what you're going to feel this year. And then the rug could not have pulled been pulled out of from under you, you know what I'm saying, quicker. It could not have. Four plays. We barely got to see anything. We did get a touchdown in the preseason, so that ended up being. And we do think Rodgers is going to come back and play. Not, I, I don't, like, not this year, but maybe you know he comes back. I don't. He's not going to retire. If this, if this, if he was still a Packer and this happened, okay, that he might say this is the universe telling me or something Rodgersy, but he wants to play for the Jets and he wants to give Jets fans a year of whatever kind of quarterbacking he can. It is unbelievable. That Zach Wilson, but then again, is it like a lot of people, did we think that Rogers was going to come to New York and then influence Zach Wilson so that when Rogers left, Zach Wilson would be 
Aaron Rodgers? Do, do we think it was going to rub off that, that that way? And you could talk about like how the Packers have done it, which is not going to ever happen again. It doesn't matter. Jordan Love, Hall of Famer. I mean, I, that's too far. All pro, pro bowl or whatever they call that now. It's a, it's a very unique situation where you can draft a guy, afford to draft a guy in the first round, where you have a guy who still has another three years that he's going to give you. There will be contention, so it's not going to be something that teams want to do. Eventually, you're going to have to move on from that guy to go to the next guy. The league is just not patient enough to do that. And also, you got to have a Hall of Fame quarterback or a very good quarterback in there to start so that somebody is there to be the mentor and mentee. And where I've always given Rodgers credit is he has never taken what happened to him in Green Bay out on Jordan Love. You know, still very supportive of him, texting him after the Bears game. We know he said that on Pat McAfee this week. Uh, He's never said anything bad. I I can't find one thing on record that he said bad about him. In fact, you try to look, you only find 15 things he said good about him. But that's three years once you get into the league. The Jets are trying to have two years of the Zach Wilson experience and then then do that thing where you let him sit for a few years and then he takes over as your quarterback. Robert Sala said something to the point of, you know, we had planned this year for Rodgers and now we have to adjust and find our identity with Zach. But if you're doing things the way that you should have, it should have been where we're trying to make Zach as Rodgers-like as we can, where he can be a leader, can make these throws, can have these decisions so that when he steps in for Rodgers, we just, where it's the same playbook. Now, were you ever going to get that in the short amount of time? No. I'm, I'm still stunned. That, like Zach Wilson, to me, the image that always sticks in my head, and I do apologize, I say this too much, if you've ever uh, been with me on one of these shifts where I fill in. I always, when I talk about Zach Wilson, I talk about that BYU game against Coastal Carolina because BYU that season was cruising. And then they played the first good defensive line they played all year, and Zach Wilson got destroyed, and he looked completely lost. And the Jets' front office saw that, and they still thought, this is our guy. And I don't know. It's just a lot of these times it's about getting in the right situation. He maybe needed some time. They thrust him in. He's in New York. Obviously, there's there's more cameras and more lights and and everything like that. So I just I, – I don't know. They put themselves into this position. And and I don't know how they're going to dig themselves out of it. And Jets fans suddenly were thinking about where's the Super Bowl? Let's go. Are now just trying. They like they just want. I've seen too many Jets fans online say just literally I want to go to sleep and wake up next year when the season's over. I do not want to experience this again. Now Kirk Cousins is a name that's getting floated around. Okay, but I thought they made a good point. Jim Rome was talking about this today. Kirk Cousins is a veteran who is on the final year of a deal. He has a no-trade clause. If he does get traded, he's going to want to get traded to a place that's going to extend him. That's not happening in New York. And even if the Jets trade for Kirk Cousins, who right now is the captain of an 0-3 team, is is that going to what, – what wins are you getting coming up that you're going to get with Kirk Cousins, who is famously bad in prime time, that you're not going to get with Zach Wilson? Are you going to beat the Chiefs? No. Well, you got the Broncos coming up. If the Jets lose that game, if the Jets lose that game, that should be a real loser leaves town game. The Broncos, the Broncos are so bad, they could finish. They've got the Bears and the Jets the next two weeks. 
Wow. Okay. All of a sudden, they're so the 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 Broncos, the Broncos in two weeks are going to be two and three, and people are going to be hyping them up, and they're going to have to go to Arrowhead on a Thursday night, and people are going to start to convince themselves that the Broncos are going to win that game. That's what's going to happen. Watch that play out. Good to be with you. I'm ready to watch some football. Thanks again. Stu Kovacs back at the studio. Everybody there. The Weedos, the Purple Drinkers. Our guest today, Maggie and Perloff back tomorrow. I'm Bart Winkler. Have a pleasant evening. Hick at night up next on many of these fine, fine stations. See ya. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.